Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 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 it's Bayo J and welcome to The Motion, a debate podcast that sees two guests with conflicting opinions engage in an intellectual tug of war to sway my vote to their side of the motion. From music to society, culture to sports, the topic may vary from week to week, but one thing is always guaranteed. Your emotions will be set in motion. We often see the release of old albums or old singles on streaming sites, your old favourite show being put back onto Netflix, and you may find yourself being more drawn to that than something new. Or is this changing with things like TikTok, which are heavily focused on trends? Recency bias is a cognitive bias that favours the present over the past, whereas nostalgia bias reverses this and looks at the past more fondly than the present. And this episode, we're going to be debating or more comparing and contrasting the effects that these two biases have on the process behind consuming and creating art. Debating that nostalgia bias will always have the stronger preference is Lenaira, a poet, playwright and producer that is really into memory. And on the other side is Jeremiah. A lover of the arts, especially music, film and television. Let's get into the opening statements, a rough summary of what you think and why. Nostalgia promotes unity. So a lot of us have changed and evolved over time. But one thing that we do have in common is shared emotional events and experiences. And nostalgia is a very powerful emotion in, in general that influences how we create and consume art a lot more strongly than any other emotion. I want you to think about your favorite things right now and your favorite things of all time. And I want you to think about what it means for an event to actually give you a feeling of nostalgia. Over the course of this debate, I want you to remember a few keywords, trends, memory, impact, and duration. And with all those keywords in mind, we would definitively prove that recency bias is not only stronger than you think, but it's actually stronger than a nostalgia bias. Thank you. Woo! Coming in strong! I'm just going to dig a little bit deeper into some of these ideas and get you on your feet with some questions. Let's go. Naira, I found that with music, I can see how nostalgia, you know, plays a part. I understand connecting a song or something to a moment, but would you say you do the same with, like, a play or you know a movie how would you say it differs in different art forms we're kind of all like walking memories and we hold both our past and present within us and so i think that anyone that is looking at any form of art is a witness if you're a witness of something you're going to be recording from your past even though you're in your present let's say i see a scene in in fences or when somebody plays the trumpet i might be thinking about a time in my own childhood in sunday school when they said everybody blow your trumpet regardless of the art form I'm still a witness. I like the way you phrased that. I wanted to ask a question to you, Lenaira. If you feel like an over-reliance on nostalgia can allow content creators in, in any form to become a bit lazy. The amount of reboots I've seen, uh, Rugrats, 
but just with CGI <laughs> this time. The Lizzie McGuire movie, Proud Family. As a fan, you know, because of memory, you get really excited until you realise that over recreating something doesn't allow room for new memories to be made. Like, what, what are the people... In like 50 years, is it just going to be reruns of the reruns of the reruns? I think it's interesting because I think it can also lead to innovation because even though, you know, The Lion King, for instance, even though it's the same story, the technology itself is different. And I think that adds a different tonality to it. So it might be the same story, but there's a, a fresher dimension as if the technology is different. And so the impression is different. In terms of the laziness aspects, I think maybe in film, I, I can agree that to an extent, and maybe it can be lazy. But I think if you look at other industries like fashion, according to research, there's a 20 year cycle of, of fashion trends. So if you look at what's happening right now, there's a lot of Y2K bling kind of like fashion trends coming up. People don't seem to think that's lazy. In fact, people think that to be extremely creative because people are borrowing from the old and adapting things and you know you might see somebody wear their um, juicy culture like tracksuits but then they might add jewelry that is more 2020-ish than 2000s so I think it depends on, on the part of the industry you're looking at. I like that answer. Jeremiah, to flip over to your side. It's just such a typical statement. They don't make it like they used to. There's a time where I was really into like rap, hip hop. I'm, I'm into it less now. I find it to be kind of just converging to the same sound. Or maybe it's just a case of like this new sound, like the new hip hop sound. I just don't like it, you know? It could be that. But do you think that the quality of, I'll say music, just as my example, would you say that it's gradually and gradually and gradually getting worse. Artists, for example, would you say that there is more of, at the moment, I guess, a desire to stay current and to focus so much on trends? Would you say that that is distorting art? In terms of music, definitely. I think, so. obviously, there will be the artists who are able to stand their ground and say, this is what I want to create. But I think when you consider the influence of labels, you consider the influence of demand from the fans as well, there are so many artists who purely will make something because this is what the fans seem to be vibing to right now, so I'm going to focus on this sound. This is what will make me the most money. I find that when art comes from like a true place, and wherever that influence is, whether it's in the present or the past, it seems to be better. It seems to be a lot more long-lasting, more than art that is just based on keeping up with trends and trying to stay current. I agree with that, but we're looking at what drives the artist to create in the first place or what drives the um, listener to consume in the first place. For the listener, at the end of the day, we're only going to consume what is available to us or what we demand to consume. In film, the style of TV shows that come up or movies that come up every year, you can sort of notice a trend. You can see what's popular in a particular time. There was a time where all anybody wanted to watch was Twilight and TV shows like Vampire Diaries and True Blood. There was an era where everybody wanted a Marvel or a DC movie. Right now, everybody wants a more realistic version of a superhero. There was an era where people just wanted to see like dystopian future survivor stuff like Maze Runner and The Hunger Games. Trends change, but studios or executives, people who are funding these decisions, are heavily influenced by what is the trend right now. 
in deciding what to fund and what to create. Love that answer. But something that popped out to me was what you said about Marvel. We can see where that stems from, so, you know, Stanley's comics. I honestly do not see it ever ending. Even if they tell a new story, like such as Black Panther, or they retell the story of Hulk, etc. And you can see the difference in the success of that versus something like The Hunger Games, where Divergent came and then they got cancelled. They couldn't even come back for the last movie. Well, your thing is based on keeping up to a trend, it's a lot less likely that it will stand the test of time. Lara, I want to ask what your thoughts are on the sense that nostalgia bias will always stem from recency bias. So it's always formed by how you feel in a certain moment. We're talking about a chicken and an egg. The memory is always formed by something recent. If you aren't made to feel something in that moment, then there's nothing for you to even remember. <laughs> this feels like tennis. <laughs> I think the two can, can be true in that the memory can be formed by something recent and the recent events can also inform, you know, a desire for the past. I believe that time itself isn't always linear. If you look at a lot of sort of Afrofuturist takes, people believe in non-linearity of time, which would mean that temporalities are being disrupted, which means that events, both past and present, occur simultaneously. So I think both can happen at the same time. I think some people think something that is nostalgic means it has to have happened years ago. But something can be nostalgic and it happened months ago, weeks ago. The best music is always from 30 years ago. Jeremy, what do you think of that? I disagree. Everything changes, right? Music, film, TV, visual art, everything will change. Sometimes you're going to be interested in something, and sometimes you're not going to be interested in something. I think we'll find out over time, you'll probably opt out of certain changes in a genre or a sub-genre, you'll probably opt out of certain trends, and you'll find yourself opting back in at certain times when it's something that is more... Um, suitable to you. That doesn't have to be something that you've come across before. It might just be something that you gave a chance and you liked it. But otherwise, you might think, this is not good. And the reason I think it's not good is because I've heard something previously that I think was better. You're not necessarily saying in that moment that the thing that was old is definitely better because even if it is better, you're not saying it's better because it was old. You're saying it's better because in that moment, I liked it better. And I think that's one thing we do need to um, highlight. We access quality in the moment. If we didn't, the concept of timelessness would never exist. Lyra, I wanted to ask you if you think that this bias and preference is, yes, changing as we develop. So um, TikTok, I think, is a really interesting example. Something that is still trendy whilst not sacrificing creativity. And I think it's interesting that TikTok has been able to last longer than something like Vine. And I guess I'm wondering if you think that our preference towards recency bias is changing. I feel like not, necess not necessarily because even things like Nollywood, like Nolly Babes, and I, I know that, that that came up recently, I think. Like Nollywood mean culture um, and, and all of that. And I think that is also driven by nostalgia because people are then now creating skits dressing like kids in that sense even with tiktok like the fact that it's still present there shows that people are still driven by nostalgia and when people share personated in genevieve or an, um, or another character they're impersonating it not just because that they've seen it on nolly babe's instagram but also because they may remember it from being in the salon and having their hair pulled 
it's time for the main debate. I am no longer a buffer. Lenaira and Jeremiah, you are free to challenge each other directly. Point out the weaker sides in the opposing argument. Be ruthless now, make up after. Let's get into it. For nostalgia to take effect, it depends on memory, right? There need to be people who existed at the time that the event actually took place, whether that's two weeks ago or 20 years ago. The person experiencing the, the effect of nostalgia has to have experienced it in the past, and they have to remember it in a certain way to bring back that feeling of nostalgia. But I think that argument is based off the understanding that time is linear. I feel like you can witness something and... Even though you're witnessing in the present and the present allows you to appreciate it more since you're there, I still feel like there are certain memories that you're not even aware that they exist until you see something that then triggers that memory. But nostalgia is at work there in its sort of godlike state, watching you so that you can connect what you're seeing in the present to yourself. Social media is a perfect example with Y2K sort of trend. Sometimes when I see some outfits, yes, they might be wearing it because it's trendy, but I also think that in like a time like ours, when we've experienced so much grief, sadness, and a lack of community, people are also reaching to their past so that they feel a sense of community and, and unity and social cohesion. And it's nostalgia at work there because when you, you get that neon pink, juicy culture sort of hoodie you're doing it because it reminds you of those days when you were like five and you saw Paris Hilton on the cover of okay or I think a lot of that is still nostalgia at work even though what you're witnessing in the present is trends I think nostalgia is subtle but it's both subtle and powerful I always ask myself whenever I'm trying to understand my thought process I'm like why am I doing what I'm doing and I realize a lot of it is also so subconscious like I don't even realize the person that's buying that Ed Hardy t-shirt. I don't actually know how that phrase was ever even allowed. Recency or nostalgia. I don't know who allowed that. <laughs> in a lot of things, you probably find that, yes, people are kind of looking to the old for inspiration or even just to relive the old. But would you agree with the statement that trends both define and are defined by what we are creating and consuming right now? To an extent, not entirely. There's some things that have always been present in specific subcultures and then they just get attention because somebody gets a camera and documents it. So like if you look at like skateboard culture, somebody else can say in the days of like Tyler, like everybody wanted to wear vans, flowery t-shirts, all of these things. But then someone that does skateboard, like a skateboarder might say like, I've always been doing this. Like before Tyler came, I've always been doing this. And it's only because a celebrity, you know, a status symbol or whatever. And that just became popular but essentially my point is that specific subcultures already have what keeps them united it's almost like having a uniform they already have their uniform so i don't think it relies on recency bias or even trends to make sure that those things are popular it might just be that that's their own like code of conduct and it's just that bigger brands are able to then take them up if we have like a piece of art right what do you think inflates that piece of art more say it's like a eight out of ten you're actually viewing it in a way that might be actually better or worse than it actually is so if we take this piece of art whose actual ritual value is like say an eight out of ten which do you think would inflate it more l dubs there was a time where that was what was in they did an ns10 v10 on it it was like last year at this point and everyone was like this is crap like i can't believe we used to listen to this you know but in the time, 
That was amazing. Which do you think makes us gas something more or less? And if you think that's a good or bad thing? Because I don't think that adding, you know, inflating the value of art is necessarily a bad thing if it, you know, brings you joy. I would say it's still people. I think as human beings, we're all social beings. And I think the reason why you enjoyed N-dubs was because you experienced it with the people maybe in school. That's why you're, at least emotionally, you were connected to it. Piece of art I enjoyed. Solange, I, I saw her, her perform in Lovebox and like, I still love Solange regardless, but I know that in the set when she performed Losing You, I really enjoyed it because it reminded me of like those days in secondary school where like music was in like USBs and like we were like <laughs> trying our best to like transfer without virus, get into our laptops and all of that. When I hear that song, that is instantly the kind of memory I have. But it's still because there, pe- there were people that are associated with that memory. There's my, my friends in, in school. I think it's still because your brain is nostalgic for community because you didn't have that in the pandemic. I do agree with Lana about the point about people. I said earlier that we, we assess quality in the moment. So you're giving out an award. You're not saying, oh, this is the best rap song of all time. You're saying, this is the best rap song of this year. This is the best... R&B song of this year because we understand that what we enjoy in one moment is different from what we enjoy in another moment. So you enjoyed Endos when you were younger and now you realize that you're interested in other stuff. That tends to happen because I could argue that because right now your opinion or your interest or your love or whatever is influenced by what is recent. This is your recent in your recent love, your recent trend. And so you don't appreciate the old thing the same way simply because it doesn't fit your current recency bias. That's what I would say. Say you're longing for something old. Think about going out, for instance, like let's say going to a club. There are some clubs who would predominantly be where you would go if you wanted to experience the old music and, and, and stuff like that. And then there are clubs that are just play whatever is going on right now now it's not to say that no one ever goes to the clubs that plays the 80s music or like i mean we have 80s parties all the time and 90s parties people want to have that moment of nostalgia but what you find is on a day-to-day there will be more people in the now than there will be more people experiencing nostalgia because people do want to have nostalgia but they want to have nostalgia for that moment before they come back into the now so while there will always be someone having nostalgia going to the club playing the old jams someone watching the old movie it wouldn't be the same person always doing that. It would be the person who in that moment is looking for that fleeting feeling of nostalgia. And then they would go on to continue in there now and someone else would take the place of experiencing nostalgia. Someone will always be experiencing nostalgia. But the recent trends, the dominant interest right now will always be more. Even though I agree with you that if you're going to a party, you would want the music of today. You are still wearing your 2000s groups into that party. So you're still wearing sort of that nostalgia a place of recency maybe the original person who did start that trend the first few people who did start that trend were influenced by nostalgia but by the time the trend starts to grow that snowball effect is always compounded by other people looking out and saying okay this seems to be what's popular now and this is what i'm going to do this is what i'm going to create and tiktok literally thrives on copying the latest trend it's literally the definition of tiktok i don't think it's necessarily just down to nostalgia i think nostalgia could spark it but the reason it grows the reason it becomes appreciated is recent look at the oscars for example between 1987 i think and 1991 none of the big four awards went to a movie that was released in like pre-october 
Since the 1970s, the median time of Oscar nominees, not even just winners, nominees in general, is in September. Up until recently, the, 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 the time that seemed to do well was movies released in December until the Oscars got pushed back from March, April time to about January, February time, and now it's September to November. That seems to be the sweet spot. Maybe there are some economic considerations for why there are more movies released in this time, but it's also clear that there's also a bias in terms of nominations and awards um, towards the films that have been released in later points of the year. And that just comes down to memory. I think that's a really good point um, in terms of things like timing. But I think that's also because institutions also hold their own kinds of memories. So I know we've spoken about different kinds of memory, but I think institutional memory itself is another thing, which is why, for instance, what you said might be true, which their own timelines and the ways they work and their own biases. I don't necessarily know how that has to do with nostalgia. I just think it has to do more with bureaucracy and a lack of flexibility as opposed to a longing for the past. You mentioned Lion King. And truly, with film, we can actually say that a lot of the time it seems to be that like um, people just want to make remakes and reboots and revivals. To an extent, you can say that that stifles creativity. But at the same time, we did say maybe we are waking up and seeing the stuff. Maybe we are waking up to nostalgia. I would argue we are. I don't know if you can define this current period in time as kind of a renaissance for black people because we want to see more stories that highlight our stories through our culture, our interests. Maybe you just want to see day-to-day -day relatable life like insecure i look at that and say what is it about the success of shows like shows like rami shows like fleabag shows like insecure shows like atlanta what is it that drives us to want shows like that what is it that is currently driving us and driving studios to create more black comedies like um i don't feel at home in this world anymore or dead to me what is it that is making sure that they're creating more of those and why is it that people didn't jump up and celebrate when Warner Bros said they wanted to do a, a movie about a black Superman as opposed to creating movies about black characters. People wanted to see new stories. You look at movies that have been um, rebooted in live action in the past and look at the, compare them to their counterparts that are giving us new stories, that are giving us better stories right now. Take Lion King, for example. Um, everyone loves Lion King. Live action didn't do so well. Milan Fair enough, affected by the pandemic. I don't know how well it did. Uh, Lady and the Tramp. There, yes, there was a live-action Lady and the Tramp movie. I remember when it was announced, everyone was like, why the hell do you want to see two live-action dogs kiss? It did get released. It was so bad that I didn't even realize it, it got released, but it got released in 2019. It did poorly. Compare that with movies like Soul or Into the Spider-Verse, where Into the Spider-Verse gave us a completely new form of animation, gave us characters like Miles Morales and Spider-Pig and Spider-Man Noir that we hadn't previously seen on the big screen. So people do want to see strong new stories. Soul followed a character that was in love with jazz music, reminiscent of the 70s. So that itself is... It thirst for nostalgia. I think even though the, you know you're seeing both the past and the present collide, I still think that because of nostalgia that we're able to connect with movies like Soul because we also recall a time in our lives, no spoilers, where we were unsure of our purpose or our callings, etc. Or even st might still be discovering that. And so I think even though recency bias does play a role in why studios might want to fund newer stories, I still think that the foundation itself is 
linked to one's past or past experiences. And you speak of the Black Renaissance, but there was also Harlem Renaissance, which was also in you know in the past. So again, I think moments of of the past still still repeat itself and they still pop up. And it might just be because of technology or fancy animations that recency bias seems to influence the ways we consume and create art. Before I make my decision, you have 30 seconds and 30 seconds only. You will get cut off to bring me to your side. In an era where our social media interests, our general interests are influenced by current trends, if we're yearning for stories that are different from what we've heard before. And even, even when we want to hear um, new old stories, we want to hear new takes on them. But I think that at the end of the day, when it comes down to what we will create and what we will, what we will appreciate, we're always going to assess and we're always going to decide what we think will be assessed as quality based on the now. As human beings, we are all social creatures. The reason why nostalgia um, impacts creation and consumption a lot more strongly is because we appreciate times when we're with each other and often those times are times in our past. Even if we're present with our, with our friends now, there is still a, a much stronger appreciation for, for the past because of how it's shaped our present. And I think the best example is even your favorite songs are based off sampling. Nostalgia bias is even stronger here because the past itself is being cross-cut and introduced in your sounds, your, your fashion taste, and even your perception. Decision, 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 decision. I can't lie, I came in thinking that like, I don't understand how you can, you know, argue for recency bias because it doesn't even have, you know, the time to settle in. Like, but I can't lie, Jeremiah, you put up a fantastic fight. A lot of points that I I hadn't thought about, to be completely honest. And I think because of that, Jeremiah, you won the debate. The conversation does not stop here. Follow us on Instagram at TheMotion underscore. Tweet us your thoughts at TheMotionPod underscore. Send us an email, TheMotionPodcast at gmail.com. And listen to our radio show every Sunday live on Wizard Radio from 5pm. Be blessed, stay safe and have a wonderful week. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 